Welcome back to another episode of Fight in Progress, a podcast conversation about our men and women in law enforcement and the challenges they face. With lead stress coach and founder of Under the Shield Foundation, Susan Simmons, and Arizona police officer, Ace Walker. Thank you to Universal MMA and Fitness for sponsoring today's episode. You can find their info in the description below. Okay, so... All right, well, welcome to Fight in Progress, podcast number 16, I think, if we're... Mm-hmm. We just had to skip that other one, but anyway... We'll with, make it up somewhere down the road. With Sergeant, well, do, do we want to tell him your name? No, 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 not, no. We have a unicorn in the, call, in, on the podcast today. I was going to call him Sergeant. Uh, no, uh, no, he's a unicorn. Accordion. Accordion. Sergeant Accordion. Yes, he's, he's a sergeant who actually is a good leader, <laughs> not just a supervisor. <laughs> we don't get those in this office. On the, I don't see, hear about those very often. Well, yeah, we don't usually invite the leaders because they're scared. Well, I, we invite them, but they don't show up. Well, they don't show up. But yeah. I mean, we've never had one that I can remember who actually really and truly... Well, we did We did have the colonel from Alaska we State Troopers. Well, he's retired, so he's, but he was retired. he's free and clear. But he, he was well-liked. But no, you're a unicorn, Well, it's appreciated. Uh, my daughter loves unicorns. She loves me. So, hey, let's, let's rock and roll. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, if we could clone you and drop you around departments all over the country, I could solve a lot of the problems that I hear in law enforcement. Yeah, we might. We might. Or at because least we put up a really good fight. Yeah. This, you know, this supervisor versus leader is such a foreign concept to so many people. It's amazing to me. Oh, yeah. And when I teach that leadership class that I teach about what to look for and stuff, mm-hmm. I love talking about the micromanagers and oh, uh, it always gets a good reaction, but That's no, rough. we're honored to have you on the show today, Sarge. Yeah. And thank you. For appreciate, appreciate you coming it. out thank after you. pulling a long shift and here you are and we're going to get you out of here so you can go home and eat and go to bed and <laughs> yeah. go back to work. Oh, sounds like a party. <laughs> so, so let's talk a little bit of background, right? Okay. So you and I go back a little bit. Just a little bit. So I've, I, I was at the department for four years now. Mm-hmm. And you've been there. You've kind of had an on and off relationship there. I did. Right? Yeah. So, and then I worked for you for one shift bid, which is six months for us, mm-hmm. um, which is where I fell in love, but you're already married. Aww. So, we, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's understandable. We, we parted ways. And you, but I think, you, <laughs> didn't you also send him to me? No, I, um, I got. Oh, he's not the reason. I was thinking he, he'd given yeah, I came the, from the other officer. Oh, okay. That's yeah. right. Okay. But I, I knew that I knew that he knew you because there was a bottle of L-theanine on his desk. <laughs> so, <laughs> I was like, oh, that, that magic. Yeah, I'm known by my supplements. Yes, what yes, can I yes, say? for sure. So, g- give everybody who's listening a little bit of background on you. Like, where where'd you come from? What'd you do? How long you been doing this? Uh, where'd I come from? My mom. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah. No, I came from a small town. Um, always wanted to be a police officer. You know, growing up. Uh, Watching TJ Hooker, watching Chips. Oh, now you you're know, talking not, my language you know what I'm here. Saying now? You're I forgot not how old, old you were. To know right? those. No, I forgot how old you were. Uh, yeah, I know. Hey, yeah. it's perfectly aged, right? <laughs> uh, but but there was there was a period in time where uh, probably around high school where I, I started disliking cops. Yeah. Um, there's certain cops that uh, would profile, trying to no. use, try, yeah, weird. No. They would uh, they would. They're trying to get to to family members who were on the other side of the tracks. Gotcha. And so many times I'd get pulled over and they'd question me about people that I had no affiliation with them. Like, I have no idea. Yeah, right. I'm related. But so it got to the point where at one point uh, I complained about it so much. My mother's like, well, if you think you can do better, why don't you try? Good for her. Uh, that's, well, sounds well, like you. Yeah. At, at the time. Challenge <laughs> accepted. She didn't understand. She was foreshadowing there. <laughs> yeah. Um, so don't throw him a challenge cause he'll eat yeah, it up. So yeah, on my mom's side of the family, uh, the military grandfather with world war two. Um, nice. so 
I want to do military. I want to be mm-hmm. a jarhead. Uh, blew out my knee playing football. So believe it or not, that duck walk kept me out. <laughs> wow. And so I decided to uh, play in sales for a little bit. Mm. Um, I got fired <laughs> with with uh, with the manager telling me I was too honest for this uh, profession. Wow. Oh, wow. Really weird, huh? Yep. Yeah. It stuck with me. That's the exact wow. quote. Yeah. So uh, I landed a job the next day, and then I lasted a month, and I'm like, I can't do this. I'm going to starve. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, went into private security, went in, from there went to custody, realized that um, the some of the officers were a little scarier than the inmates, and uh, <laughs> yeah, I spent a year and a half and get out, and next thing you know, I, I applied, I somebody decided they wanted to take me on and, and let me go to the academy for them, and uh, here we are, 14 years later. Jeez, all, all here in Arizona? All in Arizona. So you did how many years with our department first? Uh, eight and a half. Eight and a half, and then you moved, right? I did not move. I just moved departments. I just oh, left right. the department. Oh, okay. Um, at that point, uh, one of my friends had been murdered. Mm-hmm. Somebody recruited. Somebody I promised. Oh, an officer. Yes, ma'am. Yeah. Wow. Uh, I promised his mother at the his graduation, don't worry, we're going to take care of him. Wow. Um, so, you know, there's a little bit of guilt there. Sure. Right? Uh, I was supposed to be out there with him that night, and I wasn't. I decided not to go in that day. And uh, so I got that call. And so after a while, you're like, maybe I'm burned out. Maybe I'm done. Right. Um, I didn't think it was quite time to hang up the handcuffs. So I went to a different department, which was uh, very, very, very slow. (laughs) And so I had a lot of time to think. Yes, you did. (laughs) Not much happening there. No, no, not at all. And you and I talked about that a little bit because that's kind of what I was going through was burning myself out trying to fight all these wars, right? So that's what happened to you? Yeah, yeah. There's some some things that I got involved with sometimes that I probably shouldn't have. Hmm. But at the same time, at that time, I needed to because nobody else was going to. Yeah, I know the feeling. And if you don't have somebody stepping up, then it's going to continue to fester, it's continue to be corrupt or whatever you want to call it. Right. And people are going to get bullied. Yeah. Yeah. It's It, it sucks for some of us that, because I, I kind of feel the same way where it's you keep seeing these issues and you kind of look around and nobody stands up for anything. So you're like, all right, I guess I'll do it, right? Because mm-hmm. I'm not scared to or whatever. Or right. I don't care. I'll, I'll tell the lieutenant he's being dumb, right? right. <laughs> um, but then it always ends up being us. And we kind of get discounted. At the, and that gets really frustrating because then they stop listening to us. They did. Yeah. They did for a while. Yeah. Um, they're just like, hey, he's disgruntled. Yeah, exactly. And it wasn't even about disgruntled. It's disappointed. Yeah. Now, were you a sergeant when you left? No, ma'am. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. And then you were... Just an officer. I was, at an this FTO, other place. I was an FTO, and then I went to the other place. I just and then an officer. you became a sergeant when after you came. Yeah, back. I came back as an officer. You know, had to start all over again, um, mm-hmm. and somehow I, I I got my way into leadership, and uh, I got myself into uh, supervision, which mm-hmm. uh, is two different things, obviously. Absolutely. But that's where I'm at now. Yeah. Um, but it was that break that gave me plenty of time to think about my past, mm-hmm. uh, think about why I was involved, and kind of have that epiphany of saying, you know what. Maybe I want to try policing again, but from a different angle. Sure. And I got tired of the of the warrior mindset because it gets drilled into your head so often. Yes. So, you know, there's great guys out there. Jocko, Grossman, great guys. But after yes. a while, it's like um, we talked earlier, it's like playing heavy metal music before a football game. Sure. Before you work out, it builds that aggression. It, it, it changes that mindset. Sure. So I wanted to come in with a more business mindset. And that's where your name tag, your badge, the patches on your shoulders, that's... That's your brand. Mm-hmm. What are you going to do with it? Mm-hmm. Right? So first thing, do your job. Ride your brand. Put it out there. What kind of customer service? Because they're going to remember you. 
Yes. If you're the dude that crashes cars, everybody's going to know. <laughs> yes. Or if you're the dude on the news, they're yes. going to know. Right. That's the brand that you marketed. Yeah. But what, what do you think separates you and, and makes you that kind of a leader, but other people don't get it? Well, I think... They're just supervisors. If I could throw my perspective at that real quick. Yeah. There, so there, do you know what you say to me more than anything else, especially when we were on day shift together? Can you know. say I, that on the radio? I don't know. I say a lot of things. Yeah. Can you say that on the radio? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right now. Uh, so many times... Because all the conversations that we used to have, a lot of them were me being upset and frustrated and you helping me kind of reorganize my thoughts, right? And the thing that you used to say to me all the time, that still, when I come to you with any frustrations, usually it comes out of your mouth at some point, is just change your perspective. Mm-hmm. Th- that little phrase, it's like, pause for a second and just change the angle that you're looking at the problem from. And I think, t- to answer your question from uh-huh. a third party, I think, th- for me, that's what makes you different as a sergeant because you were able to change your perspective. And look, I'm all about the warrior mindset. I'm Mr. Sheepdog. I love that stuff. I sure. love Jocko. I There's love There's a time and place for it. Right. And I, I think you're totally right, though. At, for some of us, like it doesn't, it makes a lot of sense when you put it that way. I guess I've never heard you say it like that. But how that was putting you in a mindset where it was fight the fight. And it was like, well, maybe I don't need to fight a fight. Maybe I need to run this like a business. The whole ride your brand thing. When, you, when I first started on your squad, I hated that. I thought that was so cheesy. It was, I felt like I was in a sales firm. I was like, oh, ride your brand. This is dumb. But I guess that's what I'm asking. Why do you think you had the ability to have that kind of mindset, yeah. but other sergeants, lieutenants, captains, whatever, majors, don't grasp that? I, I think the biggest thing, let's be, let's be frank, is ego. Yes. It, it's huge. And yes. I'm the man, yes. you know, and I have an insignia on, on my, my collar or my, sure. on my, my arms here. I got chevrons and yes. you will do this so because true. I told you instead of giving the why, why are we doing this? As soon as you tell the officers why you're doing something Absolutely. and you give them value and you give them something tangible that they can hold on to, sure. it creates a different atmosphere, a yes. positive atmosphere yes. that people want to come to work. Well, they take ownership. Yeah. That's when your, they know why they're doing Now something. you have your brand. Yes. Yeah. But again, I'm sure you've shared that with other sergeants, lieutenants, and other people, mm-hmm. but they still don't adopt it. They try to, but I, I think the issue is they're so set in their ways. Mm-hmm. It, it's so hard for that tiger to change their stripes. Yeah. yeah. I think and, and, and let's, let's put it this way. It's not even hard. It's they're unwilling to yeah. because yeah. now they lose their identity. Right. Because yeah. they have to set aside the ego, right? Yes. And that's what they've built things on. Mm-hmm. And we, we talked about, I don't know if it was last episode, uh, where... I was talking about how I create a lot of my own issues with my relationships with leadership <laughs> because of my ego, right? Yeah. We talked about yeah. that where I'd go to battle over stuff just on ego, not because someone's right and someone's wrong. And that, that was, it, it is a hard thing to do. I, th- I think our profession kind of lends itself to you kind of adopting an ego because it's, it's kind of a thankless job, more or less. We, we do have people that are pretty grateful and that say some nice things and do some nice things for us. We're taken care of. But I think it's, uh, it's an easy thing to just be like, look, I'm out here. I'm a hero. I do this stuff for me and for my people. Oh, yeah, I'm like, a hero. Yeah, but, right? but, let, 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 let's be fair, though. In this line of work, we need to have some sort of an ego. Sure. You, you need right. to have... You need to have that. Uh, I don't even know if you can say on the radio. You got to be cock strong sometimes. Yes. Yeah. But you have to learn how to turn it on and off, and that's where the mindset comes into play. Sure. Where let's not just focus on the warrior mindset. That's a great part when it's time to that to can run be survival. Right? That it, and you're going to need that. But as long as you train on that, you're going to rely on your training. Sure. Now, let's right. let's work on something a little more a little more streamlined, a little more 
uh, you know, might be cheesy. It's, it's business, but let, let's be fair. 95% of what we do is going to be some sort of customer service, some sort of yes. um, engagement with the community yeah. and engagement with the internal politics. Yes. Yeah. And, uh, you know, again, I, that's the part I think that frustrates me so much while I say you're a unicorn because I teach these leadership classes to help them identify early warning signs in their people mm-hmm. so that we can kind of hit things off at an episodic place rather than getting to chronic where then you have to discipline and terminate. Nobody can afford for anybody to be out on right. administrative yeah. leave right now, much yeah. less terminate them. Yeah. And, but it's like, there's some people, they just don't even want to hear it. It's still that mentality that I've seen for the 28, 30 years I've been around law enforcement now of you motivate through intimidate. It doesn't work. It doesn't work when you train a dog. Why would it work to train a person? Right. Well, and I think the issue is, is that on face value, it seems to work. That's why these guys do that. I've had so, like we talked about last episode, I've had 24 jobs, if you include this one. <laughs> and I have had. <laughs> it doesn't surprise either right. of us, does right. it? <laughs> and and I, that means I've had a lot of leadership, right? And some, I was so young that I didn't recognize what they were doing or how they were doing it. But like getting into, you know, my 17, 18 year old kind of phase, I started to recognize qualities about leaders that suck. Sure. And I had a lot of managers that were that way. Mm-hmm. Do what I tell you or I'm going to fire you. Yes. And it's like, well, okay, well, I'm going to do it, but I hate you for it. Yeah. And the quality of what you do is not going to be there. Right. So they it's walk not. around by, like yelling at you and making you do things. And really they're doing it. You're just the hands making it happen. Right. So, but they have to go around and manage everything because they don't trust anyone. Sure. Because they haven't built relationships with anybody. Sure. Because they just scream at everyone and hope that they just get it done or get fired and they they don't want to fire you as much as you don't want to be fired but right. and that's what we call supervising with intimidation there's, yeah. there's yeah. no motivation there all you're, all you're doing is gaining compliance yeah. yes and that's what you don't want exactly right. you, you want the investment yeah you want people to think for themselves and to grow and to help you yeah, that's critical grow. thinking weird yep. huh? well yeah. and when you're not there not much gets done right and you're not going to look good if you're not there and they're not getting stuff done that's exactly right and it it just kind of becomes this you know um, nobody really understands why they're doing what they're doing and don't get to a place where they don't care. It, yeah. And morale goes in the toilet. And and that's what you don't want. In this line of work especially, Can't. Uh, you, you're trying to build relationships and trust with the community that once you get to that point, mm-hmm. the writing's on the wall. You're going to care. There's so much communication that, that my lieutenants and other supervisors don't understand. It's not just what you put out. It's... Obviously, the big one is how much you actually listen. Not hearing, but you're listening. And right. what does your body portray? Do you yes. really care? Are you really engaged? Yes. It's huge, but they don't understand. Like when you ask, I asked a lieutenant one time, hey, do you understand how to communicate? Well, yeah, I was very clear with that. Well, there's your problem. Look at your body language. Did <laughs> yeah. you even listen to any of the gripes or concerns? Right. Well, they're just, you know, bitching a bitch. Well, no, no, you didn't listen. Right. That's the thing. You yeah. didn't listen. That's, and that's yeah. really... When you think about what a supervisor's job is, it's to be there to make the people you supervise's life easier, not harder. It's you've got the ability to get the tools, the things that they need. And that's what I think too many of them miss. It, and it, goes, it goes down to ego, goes down to control, mm-hmm. right? I'm, if you really get down to the bare bones, I'm as good as the, my officers will allow me to yes. be. Um, and you so hit it around right. the head. My job is to make sure you have what you need, get the time off, make sure you're paid correctly, run interference with uh, with the those above me, sure. and let me handle that. You have enough on your plate already. Right. And w- one of the um, 
one of the things I, I really dislike is lead from the front. I don't lead from the front, okay? I lead from the back. I make sure that I got my strong ones up front. They're leading the charge. We protect the weaker ones in the middle. I make sure nobody comes from behind and nobody flanks my guys. Yep. That is my my responsibility. Not my job, my responsibility. Yes. And a lot of people like to lead from the front. Well, it doesn't work that way. There's a There was a great meme on Facebook that was talking about that. It was actually a guy talking about parenting. Mm-hmm. And parenting from the rear also. Now you got to be willing to be the guy in the front when it's needed. Yes. And you got to be willing to do the push-ups that you're requiring other people to do and those things. But it was. I wish I could find that thing again because it was a real interesting story about leading from the rear and how much more effective you can be from back there and supportive. Yeah, because you can see who's veering off the trail. Yes. And hey, I'm going to give you all the freedom you need, but if you're about to fall, I'm going to bring you back over. Yep. Because you got to make mistakes. Sure. You, if you don't, you have no coachable moments. No one's perfect. Sure. Yeah. Then that, that's something I've noticed with that leading from the front mindset, it, other than very ego driven, right? It's like, mm-hmm. hey, I know what I'm doing, so y'all follow. Right. right? So that, that's a problem, first off. But also going with the analogy, like if you're leading from the rear, you have a bigger perspective of what's going on up front. You have a bigger view, right? If you're up front, you're tunnel visioned on what's getting done, that task, and everybody's just watching you do it, right? right. So if you you got to watch your guys and help them, you know, get what they need. And, and, and by of- being back there, I trust you to do your job. Yes. Right. And it's, to me, that was huge. Trust me to do the job. If I don't know what I'm doing, I'm going to give you a call. Yeah. And then we'll figure out from there. That was, that was the biggest thing working for you for those six months. Our squad, we we just felt so capable because you just kind of let us run. And when we ran into something, we'd, we'd go in your office, be like, Hey, this is what happened. You'd be like, okay, so this was a mess up. Let's fix that. And we'd be like, cool, let's fix that. And we go like, it felt like a team. It didn't feel like somebody was cracking a whip. And so there was no reason to like hold anything back or to be worried. Right. It's just like, Hey, whatever it is, we're going to fix it and move forward. And yeah. And better. the thing was, I needed you guys to feel comfortable because mm-hmm. if I'm not allowing you to build your confidence, then what good am I? Yeah. What, what good are you going to be out there when it hits the fan? I need sure. you to be confident. I need yeah. you to know what you're going to do. And I need you to understand that it's not a big deal. Yeah. You know, no, we have no violations of any laws here. Nobody's civil rights were violated. Nobody got hurt. Right. right. Let's figure out where we need to work on things. And then that's how we get better as a team. Because how many times did I tell you, you don't work for me, you know, you don't work under me. We work side by side. Yes. Mm-hmm. Let's get this done together. Let's mm-hmm. go home. Well, and how are they ever supposed to know or you know what they need additional training in right that's and that's the key to so many things that i see that are leading to disciplinary uh, actions against officers it's really lack of training and i tell some of these guys that i work with that are in pretty bad situations with needing medical retirements because of critical incidents they've been in i tell them you're not on that hook by yourself your department's on that hook, your supervisors, your training academy's on that hook because something wasn't taught to help you deal with or know where to reach out to be able to do this stuff. Yeah, correct. And it, it's it's a slow-turning wheel to get people at the top to understand these things. So, I mean, speaking of training and learning these things, like where, what was it that flipped that switch for you? Did you always kind of have like a leadership mindset? Where, when you were, when you first started this, did you have a job before that taught you this stuff? Where did you come from with all this idea? (laughs) Honestly, I don't know. That's something that I don't know where it came from. But I, I, what I know for a fact is I don't like seeing people being bullied. 
and that got me started as far as getting involved in some of the internal politics that sometimes I probably shouldn't have got involved in. But when you're a leader, you're going to have a target on your back. You got to accept sure, it. Right. It's just the way it's going to go. Um, and that's kind of where it started from there. And then, like you said, I saw supervisors that just absolutely sucked. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. And I said, when I become a supervisor, I'm going to do the opposite of this guy. <laughs> and I, at least I'll be mediocre. There you go. Yeah. Um, but honestly, I don't know. But when I when I took that break from the department and went to the other department, I had so much time. Um, I had a lot of YouTube, right? And yep. um, there's a lot of podcasts that, that I listened to. And the ones that stuck out to me were Jim Rohn, Earl Nightingale, and uh, Tony Robbins. Mm-hmm. They just made sense and there was energy behind what they believed in Mm -hmm. so much that it made me believe in it and i took what they did in the corporate world and just moved it over to the police world and it was kind of an experiment let's see if this actually works right so i used it in my oral board and all of a sudden boom everyone's quote unquote impressed hey you blew us out of the water you came with a different mindset nice um and then it's like hey okay it worked with 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 these dinosaurs Mm -hmm. Uh, let's see how it works with these young bucks and sure enough, it works. And you get to that point where like, man, I don't know how many more things I have in this bag of tricks, man. But <laughs> it, it, something's clicking where they're understanding. And, and I think it's not even so much um, anything I'm saying. It's just giving them that freedom to think for themselves. Yes. Yeah. And know that they have that freedom to express what they need to express. Mm-hmm. Nobody's going to chastise them. Hey, okay, maybe this is a better way of, of doing things. And we're not set in our ways, at least not on my squad. And it just makes everyone valuable and they understand what they bring to the squad you knew what your job was yep you know you knew what the the other guy knew what his job was everyone had a job i had my community relations i had my tactical guys i had okay you're the fourth avenue guy you're gonna go yep. you're gonna go book somebody in <laughs> but everyone had a job everybody had a value that we had to find first and then like hey let's work on this we can work on these other things later sure you got some skills that are perishable that we need to work on sure right? but that's how we build one cohesive unit where everyone had something to to contribute to on a scene so everyone is important yeah. one of the worst phrases i've always hated since the day i started in this industry was when i would ask somebody why do you do it that way and what do you think they'd say because we've always done it that way and i always thought that was the dumbest thing i've ever heard because when you stop and you look at when changes have happened in law enforcement it's it's taken something major and bad to make a real change. Yeah, and that was one of the books I'm reading is about the FBI firefight down in Miami. And that was one of the things that changed revolvers to semi-automatics. Yep. But it's a shame that it takes something bad happening rather than it's a little common sense. Sometimes might go a long way. It, it, it is. And so many people either don't know the why or they can't articulate and that's the problem and instead of going and asking mm-hmm. they won't ask and that what's so hard about asking yep. hey lieutenant what why do we do this well i don't know why chief said so okay somebody needs to ask the chief let's why go we're ask the this. chief yeah oh well it's the chief i don't care right they need to know why they're doing this because otherwise there's no value in whatever you're sure. having them do sure yeah have they ever talked to you at your department about actually doing any kind of a even mini training for people that are new to promote? Uh, I got talked to by the commander to see if I wanted to put together something like about 45 minutes to mm-hmm. mentor the new lieutenants. Um, and I think I talked to you about it. I talked mm-hmm. to a couple of other officers yeah. and I'm like, I don't even know how to address it because I know the egos of these lieutenants. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. Um, and honestly, it was my wife that, that said, you know what? Hit the brakes. She's like, why are you mentoring lieutenants? Well, I was thinking more like upcoming sergeants. I well, wasn't really thinking well, about we, the lieutenant. Well, we went yet. to that. Right? Um, well, here's the deal. Here's the deal. Um, I've gotten zero supervisory training. 
mm-hmm. from my department. Zero. Yep. Um, we have officers who want to become officers in charge um, <laughs> to learn the ropes to be sergeants. Mm-hmm. They've gotten more training than I did. Yep. Why is that? We have Luke Air Force Base right here in the mm-hmm. West Valley. I guarantee you they have some kind of leadership training. Yep. I have no idea. <laughs> you know, the other question I want to know is if you figured out what the logic is behind this crazy stuff of promoting people out of a specialty unit and putting them someplace they've never worked. Can we come up with it? I mean, I just want an explanation. I mean, do we just want to be stupid? They pass if the we test. Do, let's say that. They pass the test. Yeah, there's a, there's a hole That's that needs to be is. filled and somebody passed the somebody test. Somebody passed the test. Somebody, okay, you're a little bit better than the other guy. And so at this point, from the group that we have, you're the best man or woman for this job. But literally, I've seen them take somebody out of a specialty, mm-hmm. let's say canine, mm-hmm. and make them a sergeant some places, and take somebody else who's never been a canine and make them the sergeant over canines. Oh, yeah. That makes no sense to me whatsoever. I agree. And if we can figure that out, then uh, I'll call the 10 o'clock news first, then I'll call you and let I you know. I just wonder who sent the memo <laughs> out. Because somebody no sent it out 100 years this, ago. This, yeah. is a conversa- this is one of many conversations that we've had where sometimes they end with the worst saying you've ever heard, which is that's right. the way it's always been done. Yeah. But a lot of times it ends with, I don't know. It doesn't make sense, right? So there's this story that always stuck with me that Jordan Peterson told about. that. So a unreasonable conservative goes into the forest and he finds a wall right and he says oh this wall we're keeping this wall this wall needs to stay here then the unreasonable liberal comes into the forest and he says tear this wall down and then the reasonable human comes into the forest and says wait a minute you couple of idiots why is it here right how about we find out why it's here, here in the first place and then we can decide on what's reasonable on what? right right not right. just jump to our emotional conclusions right right so in that's always always stuck with me we had a we had a discussion on was it we uh, at our department we had uh, we had i don't know if we'll go back to it but we had these things called on views where it's basically just like minimum standards because we're not super super busy mm-hmm. so we'd have four things that we'd have to do a day and it was kind of some of them seemed arbitrary from an officer standpoint sure um and so we had this meeting I, they put me on the the ov board which is the <laughs> on view board and so i i'm five minutes late kind of like i was today except today was 20 minutes late wait a minute uh, they put you on a board of did. something i'm on a couple boards mm-hmm. sarge what who who let that slip through? That's uh, so, how we've always done it. <laughs> so, All right, smart ass. Fair enough. So I show up like five minutes late and everybody in the room's arguing, right? They have one person from each squad. And well, the, the only reason I was on the board is because I was the only one that raised my hand. In my default. Yeah, it's default. Um, and they're all arguing. And so I start to listen and they're arguing about um, whether or not we should even keep the OnView system, right? Mm-hmm. And some people are saying, no, tear down the wall. Some people are saying, yes, no, keep the wall. And I'm like, wait a minute. Why did we institute them in the first place? Sure. Why do they exist? Sure. And complete silence. And the sergeant, <laughs> the sergeant in charge of the OV board sits there and looks at me and he goes, I don't know. They didn't tell me that. And I said, aren't we in charge of this? Shouldn't we know why it exists? So we had to like reverse engineer why we think it existed. Oh, and funny. then redesign something to fit that. And then they were like, nah, never mind. <laughs> so that all got blown wow. away. Wow. So, but yeah, it's, it's the same conversation over and over again. This happens all the time. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, us officers on the bottom, we talk, first of all, we're a bunch of divas and we complain about everything. Yeah. And some are yeah. more diva than others. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I feel you talking about me. Here. <laughs> Your eyebrows look nice, by the way. Yeah, thank you. I work got his that. nails done, got a mani yeah. mani pedi. Yeah. Like 20 minutes to do this. Thank you. Um, just, just for audio only, too. Um, 
but it's we so we complain about everything but I, a lot of times we are so confused as to why things are being done and I, I think it's because it's the problem solver mindset we're like mm-hmm. hey this isn't efficient or this doesn't seem to be doing the thing that they're asking us to make it do right can we do something different and everybody's just like shut up and get it done stop arguing so we we get a little frustrated how do you as a leader deal with me's <laughs> guys that are like i have a red man stick in this closet i use on him regularly because i came into your office i, I don't know a couple times a week like mm-hmm. hey man this isn't jiving with me like i don't like this what do we do about it mm-hmm. and i came out of your office 99 percent of the time feeling better so like what what's your what's your idea on that kind of stuff like stuff that doesn't make sense i throw a bunch of words at you to confuse you <laughs> you walk out like oh wow yeah i feel better Success. <laughs> long words he needs a, th- yeah. a, a thesaurus yeah. to figure it out need a notepad yeah. here. i did not bring a thesaurus <laughs> um it, it it comes down to first listening okay let, let me hear you out go ahead and vent throw it out there i want to know what you're feeling mm-hmm. i genuinely give a damn yes so l- let me have it okay now, let me explain to you how you used to feel about similar situations because you, for me, I was you, however yeah. you want to look at it, yeah. that's, that was me. Yeah. That was, you come in there with every emotion on your sleeve, <laughs> your heart just pumping all this blood, like, oh, God, we need to change this. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Why is war. it done this way? I don't know. But let's look at it this from this, this perspective, right? Sure. Hey, uh, those that can't manage, manage what they can. Yes. Mm-hmm. So they manage here, this little thing. Okay, well, let's, let's, they're not that busy. Let's, let's give them something to do. That's it. But I have to get that officer to change his mindset. And we'll start talking about different topics. We'll come back to it. We'll have different uh, analogies. Okay, we're going to look at this and look at this and then put it together. And then we come back and revisit the topic once everything's calmed down. But we need to get that emotion out. Let's get it out first. Okay. Mm -hmm. I want you to be able to be a human being. If it pisses you off, piss you off. You're going to cry about it. We'll close the door. I ain't going to tell anybody. (laughs) All right. (laughs) But, you know, I'm going to rib you for the rest of your life. Yes. Um, And then send them here. If that doesn't work, then it's, I got a phone number you need to call. But but overall, what is it? What are we doing? We're creating relationships. Right. You know, when your wife fell in love with you, she didn't fall in love with you day one. It took little things that involved emotion and involved dialogue and involved communication, verbal, nonverbal, to build that relationship and that trust. Makes sense. And that's what you do first. I listen to you. Okay, now you're going to listen to me. Mm-hmm. Whether we agree or disagree, we, we might agree that it's effed up, but we have something that we can work with. There's something tangible there. Right. Right? Because that why might never come. Might never, never come. We might have to create our own why right. to give whatever we have to do some value. Mm-hmm. And okay. that's sometimes what we have to do because that's the scope of control that we have. We can't control everybody else being an idiot. Right. That's just the way it is. I heard something really interesting today, and I don't even remember now where it was. But they were talking about when you approach people um, to have a conversation and it winds up leading to criticism. Mm -hmm. And they were doing the demonstration of their arms out in front of them. And they said, so if you give them one criticism, their defenses come up some. You give them a second criticism, it comes up even more. But if you go beyond two criticisms, they're at full force, defensive mode. They're not hearing you. They're tuning everything out. All they're doing is concentrating on telling you why they are not those things that you were telling them that they were, mm-hmm. and it leads to absolutely zero resolution. Yeah. And I thought that made so much sense. But what you're saying is you're relating to them by saying, I've been there myself and done it, even if you haven't exactly at the same level, but they can't interpret that to be criticism if you're saying you've done it. Right. And then it becomes, yeah. uh, well, here's how I handled it. Or here are things I found that were helpful. But when people just come at you as if they've never been there, then 
there's no way there can be a relationship. Or yeah. like we're in a small department. Yes. And there's some supervisors that want things done a certain way. Mm-hmm. When I don't damn well, you didn't do it that way. Oh, Exa- yeah. That drives me crazy yes. when people forget where they came mm-hmm. from. I had this conversation earlier. <laughs> and that's one of those things. When we had these standards, mm-hmm. I was out there pulling traffic. I was out there making contact. Even though I got all these other things to do because they have to see we're on the same team. Sure. Whether we like it or not, these are the directives. They're not wrong. They're not illegal. They're not immoral. Right. We're going to go and do it. Sure. And I'm going to do it with you. Sure. If I come across a DUI, hey, man, you're going to have to help me clean it. Because <laughs> like I said, it's a perishable skill. But we're going to get through it together. <laughs> well, true. and I think supervisors also, if they want to be good leaders, especially if they've been in this industry a long time and they've been off the street a long time, they need to also acknowledge policing today is changing. It's different. There are different rules. There are different things. We've got everybody videoing. You know, there are a lot of people supervising that if body cams had been around, they'd have never made it to that first level of supervision. They would have been on the news. (laughs) Yes. Uh, And probably in jail somewhere. And that's the thing. They they refuse to understand. We have different generations coming in policing. Um, We have very tech savvy kids that don't really know how to interact. Yes. They don't know how to express their emotions. So you have to let them have their blow-ups. Sure. It's and true. you can't take it personal. Sure. Some of them are awkward as hell. Yes. I've, I've noticed that. Cause I'm, so I, I grew up in the kind of tech group, uh, but I was way more social. Like That's kind of just my thing. That's what I like to be. So it for me, it was so weird to see some new guys come in, like the next wave or the wave after me. Mm-hmm. That were, oh my gosh, man. You get them out on a scene and they, don't, they can't talk to anybody. Like, hey, go talk to that lady. Ask her what happened. Hi, lady, what happened? Whoa, dude, yeah. you just like copy and paste that? Well, I'm going to send her a text later. <laughs> yeah, exactly. What? If they're going LOL. <laughs> right. What the hell? Yeah, man, jeez, crazy. OMG. It is, but it is super different because, I mean, like, for instance, and in I'm not calling anyone out. This is just showing that contrast. When I was on your squad, we had that one dude that hid from us, and he was in the field, mm-hmm. and you know who was standing over him, and then I found him. Mm-hmm. I ended up 40-ing this guy, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, 40 millimeter. And so, and then the lieutenant asked me, he goes, did you 40 him? Man, back in my day, we would have just kicked him in the head. And I was like, what the, you can't do that. Like, this isn't the 1950s. We don't kick people in the head. Well, you can do that, but it might be frowned upon. Right, right, right. That's not right. It'll definitely be on video somewhere. Definitely not right. And look, and he might have been joking, and he might have just, or it might have been, yeah, I don't think he was either. But but either way, I think that's a perfect snapshot of like, it was a different world. Yeah. Totally different world. We don't have nightsticks anymore. We can't just like beat people to death. And I think that's a shame. I just want to go on the record. (laughs) It's saying, I think if y'all could beat more people, we could crime down. I mean, we'd have less less issues if kids got their ass kicked now. Absolutely. I got my ass kicked a couple times. Sure. Yeah. That was, yeah. but but that goes back to we had to change his mindset because he thought that forty millimeter was such a bad thing. Yeah. But I'm like, look, you throw throw five cops on a polyester pileup on this guy, that's a bad thing on yes. video. Because right. now we might get an officer injured. Maybe he did have a gun at that time because those are his charges. Sure. His hands were underneath his body. Sure. Or he's severely injured. Now somebody's got to sit at the hospital. Now I'd lose another officer. Yeah. There's so many things you got to look at. So many moving parts that he's like, oh yeah, I get it now. Yeah. Sorry, man. That's why you need to sit, and sit that behind was, your desk. That was going. F- so I came from. I've talked about uh, the sergeant before you, on this podcast before, um, and how I had a lot of troubles there, and how most of those were created by me, uh, because I didn't know how to handle having a leader like that in this profession. Don't call him a leader because he was not a leader. <laughs> he was a supervisor. He, yeah, he's he's an untrained, unskilled leader. Um, <laughs> but he by designation. Um, but in I'll I, still debate that with mm. you. But anyway, <laughs> and then I came to you, um, and it was it was like night and day. We had that first meeting. I still remember the first day on your squad. Pulled me in there like, hey, your last sergeant talked to me. 
I heard you might have had some issues. Clean slate here, man. Here, we're just going to ride your brand. You're going to become what you want to become. What are some goals that you have? And we started there, mm -hmm. right? And then those six months, that was like the start of me getting into narcotics and doing all the stuff that I love doing now because I was able to do that. And then going from you to another leader, right? Because there's a lot of different types of leadership. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it, there was, he was more timid, right? Super yeah. intelligent. You know him. Yeah. Really good guy. Really cares. Uh, like really, really intelligent. A lot of years on the job. He knows what he's doing. But as a leader, he's timid, right? He was, I think he was worried to play interference. And something that I felt after leaving your squad, I didn't feel safe anymore, right? Mm, I yeah. still had a sergeant. I still had good squad mates. I still knew how to do my job the same. But having a leader that understood like, hey, I'm here to try and play a little interference to help not just change my perspective when I need it, because I need it more than anybody on the squad. Mm -hmm. But also sometimes <laughs> when that that lieutenant or commander comes in and they're, they've been off the road for who knows how long or whatever, and they see something or they're in a place at some certain time and they want to interject for you to be like, hey, this is my place. I'm allowed to interfere here and be like, hey, you know, that's it, not it's not wrong what they did. And here's why. And you do that, right? Because mm -hmm. I've seen so many officers when I was on that squad after you and since then be pulled in by lieutenants and racked about things that happened on scenes or whatever. Um, and sergeants afraid to play interference because they don't want to put themselves in a position to argue or disagree with a lieutenant. And I feel like you came at it from the same place, kind of like you were saying earlier, how it's, you're not, you're not criticizing them. You're commiserating with them like hey i get it yeah. back in the day we just used to lay some hate and then you know we get up dust them off take them to jail right we don't do it that way anymore here's why like it's it's a different skill set that man we could really benefit from having the other leaders taught that other sergeants and lieutenants for god's sake all the way up to chief they yeah, can teach them all day long but are they gonna it was fair you, know, you hear knowledge is power right right no applied knowledge is power yes so what <laughs> yes. are they gonna do with it right yes. like, oh yeah this guy and his ego just oh, f it you know or mm -hmm know what he's got some valid points right. maybe i can try that we can only do so much you know once but we get them the information water. what are they going to do with it but they have to see how the morale on your teams is so much better and productive and it upsets them and that see that's was, that's bizarre to me right I was gonna it's ask. not a competition we're a team yes we have offense defense and special teams yes you know, and de de detectives are special teams. Yeah, yes. they, they they do what they do. I don't know what they do. Um, they follow up a lot. <laughs> they detect. They wear they wear suits. Yeah, I don't yeah. Know. I don't know. I, I never wanted to play detectives and robbers. Right. So just, uh, I hear you. But but right, it's it's why why can't they just go ahead and do it that way? It's amazing the intimidation because somebody does something different than what you do, but what you're doing is working. Right. And they want to almost beat the system to make it work their way and it's so counterproductive ego uh, these guys get fired at google you can't go into google and tell oh. them hey we're going to change this around no right it's been working and we're going to continue doing this yeah. apple same thing exactly yeah. but they don't look at it that way and i think um it was brought up today you know we're still kind of paramilitary well no we need to get away from that mm -hmm. and we're not we shouldn't be paramilitary we should be police which let, let's be fair the first thing in, in is uh, is serving right mm -hmm. we're going to serve the community so let's create guys who are willing to serve a sergeant in french i believe is like servant something like that yeah, so right. so my job is to serve my guys mm -hmm. to make sure they have the tools and, and make sure they go home and he said it right they need to feel safe if Absolutely. you can't feel safe around your immediate supervisor yes. you, you've got nothing yes you know, you, you've created a toxic environment sure yeah and what kind of productivity are you going to get from that 
Yeah. And that was coming from your squad. I started to read into a lot of different leadership stuff. I gravitated towards Jocko because mm-hmm. I got that whole war- warrior. Oh, well, you're young and out of my age. Fight fights. Right, yeah. right, right. Yeah. <laughs> I, I want to go fight everything. I fought a lot. <laughs> yeah. So I'm not, I'm not as tired yet. Well, maybe I am now. Yeah. I, I'm chilling out now. Yeah. Uh, but I've also had a month off, which has been nice. Uh, yeah, yeah. You got to have a throttle eventually. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I went towards that kind of stuff and I started learning a lot more about that leadership stuff um, and different concepts. And I, just, I feel like wherever you're getting it from, like these other leaders that maybe you're having trouble adapting and I don't, I don't get the whole envy. Like I get ego. I have ego. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But my ego is like, I'm going to beat you. It's not like I'm mad at you for doing well. It's like, oh damn, he's good. I'm going to go kick his ass now. Right. Like that's what I want to do. So I'm just going to outperform. That's, that's where my ego pushes me anyway. It doesn't always end up that way. <laughs> I, don't, sure. I don't always succeed, but I, I don't, I don't really understand the whole like hate your succeeding enemy thing. Like I don't get that, but I, I feel like they sh- they could, they don't have to do it your way, although your way works, but it works for you. Right. They're not you. No. Right. So there's, there's other ways to do it. I just don't, I, I don't understand why, why they keep going down the path that's failing. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe they didn't play sports. I don't know. Yeah, that's the way I look at it. I, yeah. I look at this as sure. it's a team sport, correct? Yes. So I took things from here and here. I took do your job from Bill Belichick. You know, he, he's quiet. He's a, he's a cerebral assassin, man. He's going to take <laughs> you down. He's going to see what's going on. He's going to assess the entire field, and he's going to see what's going wrong. And we're not going to fix it when this guy is getting terminated. We're going to fix it so it doesn't get to that point. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the way I look at it, the Bill Belichick mindset. And then you got Jim Rohn. You got Tony Robbins about writing your brand and putting out what kind of brand are you going to advertise? Does somebody want to, hey, Sarge, uh, I want to be part of your company. We're going to merge. Or like, dude, I totally don't want to be with the guy that crashes cars. Yes. You know? <laughs> yeah. Because it's not going to do any good for my brand. Yeah. Right. And I, I think the problem is they're trying to find it within themselves instead of looking externally and picking what they can use. Mm-hmm. It's not a bad thing. Sure. Just like asking when you don't know, it's not a bad thing. Yeah. In this position, you don't need to know everything. You just need to know where to find it. Yes. Yeah. That's it, it. It's funny when you put it that way because I, I, you kind of learn as we go. I don't. Like, you and I are pretty similar that way. Like we kind of a little bit taller, handsomer. Up. That's my mom. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, you got a nice tan too. I do. Dark bronze um, I don't do. I just turn red. Uh, <laughs> Scottish. But I, when. I've been relatively successful. I've picked up a lot of different things in my life. I have a lot of different skill sets. I've, like I said, I've had a lot of jobs and I've been relatively successful except at being a good subordinate, <laughs> right? That's something I've had to develop. But generally, I've been pretty successful in kind of anything I pick up, more mm-hmm. or less. And I've had people ask me, like, how are you just kind of good at things when you start? I don't know. I just kind of like watch other people and do what they do. Like I just, I literally just find people in my social groups that I kind of admire and I just adopt parts of them. Like Mm -hmm. if you, if I like the way that people respond to you when you're talking to them, I'm going to talk more like you. Sure. And I'm going to make that part right. of me right. so that I'm also successful like that. Like He starts speaking Southern in here on occasion. It's really pretty funny. Oh, my gosh. It's, trying to you? mimic this <laughs> accent. It's, yeah. That's awesome. It's, oh, yep. don't, don't even, like, it, it's weird. I listened to so much country the first year that I was in Arizona, mm-hmm. 10 years ago, that I actually developed a draw. <laughs> it, it happens. Oh, my gosh. It, like It, I it happens. You're not the only one. I have heard you saying y'all. Yeah. I have heard you say oh, y'all. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Y'all a few times. All yep. the time. Yeah. That's a Southern accent. Same here. That did not follow me from California. That is all. I even text it every time I see that. I'm like, hey, it's like my text message. <laughs> hey, y'all, what are you doing today? Yeah, uh, it's, I, I think it it's like an adaptive personality. I think uh, some people are more like that than mm-hmm. others because uh, I know some are really, really stubborn and they'll stay the way they are 
even if it kills them, which I don't get. Yeah, that's why we survive. Right, yeah. So it's I, I, I think they could take a page out of that book. Because not that I'm always successful, but that, that seems to be a helpful thing. It seems like that's what you did when you yeah. left. You ch- kind of like you, I liked what, the way you put it uh, a few minutes ago. Changed, changed your mindset. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, well, that wasn't working. Fighting those fights wasn't working. The warrior thing isn't always applicable because I don't need to kill everything. Yeah, not everything it. needs to die. Yeah, and that's, right? That's the and key. That's, and that's, that's how I am. Right. And that's, and I can see how that needs to change, but that, that could be so useful to be taught. We got to put a class together or something that would be. Well, it's like, why do you talk to your employees a certain way? We, on a scene, we talk to a victim, a suspect that and a witness completely different. Absolutely. Why can't you do that for your employees? Yeah. Exactly. You gotta, you gotta know your employees. You gotta understand you have seven, seven subordinates, correct? Right. Mm-hmm. So that means seven different personalities, seven different possible sets of problems and seven different sets of goals. Mm-hmm. And if you don't have that one-on-one interaction, and I'm not talking about formal coming to the office, let's talk about your goals right. because you're only going to get so much, <laughs> but out in the field, getting to know who they are, who their family is. Hey, Come over for a barbecue. You know, let's get crazy, man. I got a twelve pack Dr Pepper at home. Let's get let's get crazy. Yeah, right. um, he knows me, but yeah. <laughs> but but if you don't establish, I, I don't know where it became wrong because I know it was taught in the OIC class where one of the one of the guys actually stood up because um, they said, "Remember, these guys aren't your friends when you're OIC." And this person who's now a sergeant's like, "Time out. I've seen a supervisor do." Be, be a friend, mm-hmm. do supervisory work, and everything works well. Um, he's very transparent. He know They know that where he draws the line, he'll drop the hammer on him to protect their career. Sure. But at the same time, they're friends, and he gives a damn. Sure. And we're like, well, we've never seen it work. Well, he's like, I have. Mm-hmm. And he's tailoring his way as well, too. Um, where are we not allowed to be friends? I agree yeah. with you 100%. Well, I think it, I think it right. comes from, because you see this kind of thing in a lot of different systems, right? Religious systems, governmental systems. Something is kind of dangerous, right? So it can be a little dangerous to be friends with your guys, right? Because what's the downside? You're too much of friends to keep them in their place, even if you try, right? So if I, if, okay, I want to buckle down on you and you're like, yeah, okay, whatever, man. Mm-hmm. Like, we're just buddies. Like, oh, you're going to get serious now? Like, it could be that way, right? If you don't develop that relationship properly. Mm-hmm. So that I think that's what they're scared of. It's about respect for the position, though. And, yes. Well, and for the person, right? Yes. And, and, I, and what they're scared of is because, obviously, people fail at that. I've seen that, too, mm-hmm. where they're too friendly. And yeah. it's like, okay, well, you got to be able to keep people in check, too. You can't just keep writing them get-out-of-jail-free cards because you're their buddy, yeah. right? That's not successful, either. So I think just because they're scared of that, they're like, no, can't be friends at all. It's just easier to not be friends. Yeah, because you might have a confrontation. Right. And that might be a little uncomfortable. Yeah, my God. That's the problem. Yeah. Well, it's it, like that in mental health. And that's one of the things we said that separates us as stress coaches yeah. from the licensed world. I can be friends with my clients because I think I can do a better job if I know you personally, professionally. I know your family. I know your kids. I know your environment that you're in. I know all of those things and you're more likely to come to me because I do know all those things that you don't have to explain to somebody who's never ridden in a cop car ever or done anything along those lines. But it, again, it's about also knowing what my role is, but that's my job. That's not the other person's job. That's my job. And I think a lot of times in the licensed world, they miss so much stuff in this industry because what you do is a lifestyle. We can't just look at you from one side. You can't just look at your guys from one side. They bring their personal to the job and they bring their job to the personal. And that's why we have to start to train families, incorporate them in all of these things because they're impacted by it all. Yeah. Yeah. And by having that relationship, I can, I can see when someone's having an off day. 
Yes. We can we can catch something before it gets to be too too late. Yes. And if it, whether it's something that's driving to oh, he's not his normal self. Let's talk about this. You might you might need to go to this other beat that's more quiet. Or hey, when you're ready to talk, let's talk. You need to go home. Right. We'll figure it out. But, right. But that's. And I hate that word. It's my job. It's my responsibility. Right? Mm-hmm. I accepted this responsibility. It's not my job. My responsibility is to my guys. Yeah. I which feel means like... it's also, I'm sorry to cut you off, but it's no, also okay. that part I take upon me where obviously we had our friend die. Mm-hmm. It, I'm not just responsible for you. I'm responsible for your wife. Yeah. You're going to make it home. Yes. That is my goal and that's my responsibility. Right. And that's the burden I chose to carry and I will. Yeah. I feel like when we say it's our job, like some of us know what we mean. Like yeah. I know what you mean when yeah. you say it's your job because job kind of comes across as like minimum standard, right? Mm-hmm. This yeah. is what they ask of me. Yeah. And then what do I show up and I do, right? I do my job, but I do a lot more than what my job demands of me, right? <laughs> because I enjoy things and I take passion and pride in certain things. Yeah. And I, I feel it's the same way. I think it's, I think it's easier. I don't know if it's, I don't know if anything's easy about being a leader in our profession, uh, like a, or a sergeant. You can be a squad leader or whatever, like I, I try to be a peer leader on my squads, right? Um, but as far as the position where it comes with certain responsibilities, I don't know if there's any easy way to do that, even if you're screwing it up and being bad. Um, I still don't think it's easy. But I feel like it's natural for people to fall into what are the minimum standards because there's a lot here to do, or it can feel like a lot at least. Mm-hmm. Very stressful because you got lieutenants breathing down your neck and whatever. Uh, that they they fall into that minimum standard, and I've seen sergeants that have been there the whole four years. I've been a cop, <laughs> and they they haven't they to my what I can observe, they haven't seemed to have changed over four years. I hope nobody ever says that about me. I I hate it when I see people from a long time ago, and they're like, "Oh, you're exactly the same as you used to be." It's like I better not be. Oh, your hair your hair's nicer. I've worked so hard on not being that asshole. Yeah. Like you know, so I, I really hope I'm not still that guy. So and that's always my goal. I like to change in advance, right, and be better. Yeah. But it, and I I don't know what the what the trap is there, but I I, I feel for these sergeants that are failing because it it's gotta suck, man. I I don't, I don't know what it is, honestly. Um. I think it comes down to building relationships. I have relationships with lieutenants. Yeah. You know, it's the, the joke is like, dude, you can't go anywhere else because you'll get fired. The way you talk to some lieutenants and commanders. <laughs> um, but it's because I've been in the trenches. Yep. They've seen me in the trenches. I've been in the trenches with them. Um, you know, the commander got shot. I was there. Mm-hmm. And I have that relationship sure. where I also know who their families are. And That's so the, the relationship goes back and forth though with my higher ups and, and, Subordinates. I hate yeah. that word. God, yeah. my guys. I know you cringe every time you say yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, it's rough. Um, <laughs> it, it, and it's let, let's be really frank. It comes down to one thing: communication. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, you know, it comes down to communicating with each other and learning how to talk to each other. Um, you don't talk to your kid a certain like you talk to a suspect. Right. And sometimes you might have that young officer. You, you might have to talk to him kind of like a kid, mm-hmm. because maybe they haven't had that personal growth, and this is where they're going to grow. Mm-hmm. That was me. You know, I went into the department at 26. I grew up there. Yeah. I'm 40 now. Yeah. It took me a while to grow up. And it's, it's kind of crazy how the epiphany. You're like, oh, God, how is this? I'm, a, I'm awake now. I understand why you did certain things a certain way. Yeah. But it's kind of like it's kind of like being a parent. You know, you, you become your parent. You're like, oh, crap, this sucks. <laughs> <laughs> and now I'm my dad. <sighs> Don't Great. roll your eyes like 40 years old here. Yeah, no, no, come no. on. I'm well on my way. <clears throat> oh, yeah, right. Sure. That's <laughs> just, a, just a few more years. But I do think a lot of it goes back to ego. People don't want to admit that maybe they don't know everything. Oh, it's hard. And But, but people respect you more 
when you walk in and go, hey, <laughs> here's how it's working, and I don't have a clue. I'm a new supervisor over this. I've never worked robbery homicide. You are the experts. Tell me what you need. Those are the those are the kinds of supervisors that people go, that's a leader. And he's willing to say he wants to learn so that he can be better at this job, not walk in and make a bunch of changes because then that way I can control what this environment that I don't know anything about yeah. looks like. Yeah. Well, your first intuition, that ego steps in and is like, hey, I can't show up to these guys and know nothing about, the, right? I'm their leader. I have to know what I'm doing. And they act like that. And we see right through that, man. Sure. So then it's, it's a little counterintuitive. You show up just like you said, like, hey, this is not my gig. Yeah. I'm here to just lead and help like right. that what do you need <laughs> yeah, yeah that's the best way to do it expose yourself absolutely because yeah. mm-hmm. they're gonna figure it yeah. out anyway you don't want to be exposed when you're incident command no no you know you you, <laughs> no. you have the whole community to protect and your officers you don't want to be exposed there. you need to expose yourself yeah sure and so you understand hey who's my operator here okay you're going to take over tactically and do this and that's how you build your team yeah. but you know it goes back to what Earl nightingale said you know we're all self-made men but it's only the truly successful that admit that it's hard to admit that you suck at something yeah but as sooner you do it, the sooner you can get better. That's for sure true. Because people will figure it out. Right. Way before Mile you Mile away, admit you can it. see it. Yes. Yep. That's exactly right. You need to let a wound breathe so it can heal. Huh? Makes sense. So how do we clone you? Yeah, I talk to my parents. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know. I think alcohol is involved. Okay. Maybe. Yeah. yeah there was a, definitely a dance. Alcohol was definitely involved. And, and uh, Tex-Mex music. So. Oh, boy. <laughs> my oh, dad boy. played in That's a, band, a combination. So. Right? Really right? That's kind <laughs> There's of some sugar. long necks involved. <laughs> it's, a, it's a Mexican sugar and spice sort of thing. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. So what, what kind of thing could people like me, officers that are coming up that are interested in a leadership position, what are some things like you got books that we could read a podcast that you would throw us to <laughs> what, what would what would we what's like a pathway that we could start working down the first thing us? you need to do is open your mind mm-hmm. okay. you got to be open to everything besides just the police world um don't look don't google uh, police leadership just look up leadership look up simon sinek you look up tony robbins let's look at all these people who have made billions of dollars. That means they've influenced a lot of people because mm-hmm. that's all leadership is, is influence. Right. You're either good influence or bad influence. You're a good leader, bad leader. That's all you really are. Mm-hmm. So let's look at all these people of influence and then let's look at all the bad people. And let's, let's you got to do a lot of assessing. But the biggest thing is let's take an entire field of leaders out there, really good ones, mm-hmm. and then let's put it together and tailor it, tailor it for yourself right. because you got, you're going to have to come in with your own brand right. because you're going to have to sell yourself. You have to expose yourself. Mm-hmm. There's going to be biggest thing is transparency. You got you got to let these guys know who you are and who you're not. Yep. And, and as soon as you do that, that's where where the respect comes into play. Okay, this guy understands he's not you know tactical support. So right. mm-hmm. and you know I'll give you the orange wedges, man. I'll give you the Capri Suns, <laughs> but you know, all that other crap, I don't know what you're doing. Right. No. So I can't just bust in there like Jocko and be all serious. Oh, you could. <laughs> you, you, you could, but but it yeah, won't well, work real well. Yeah, yeah, five feet of fury. Yeah, let's do it. Come yeah. on. Yeah. <laughs> but and you need to know your limitation. The man needs to know his limitations. Yes. Right. And that goes to the whole opening your mind, saying, "Hey, you know what? I know it sounds bad because police work and it's serious, but it's not that serious." Like mm-hmm. you said, the whole mm-hmm. sergeant job has got to be hard. It's not that hard. It really isn't. Okay. This is probably the easiest job I've ever had. <laughs> I'm dead serious. Sometimes I'll watch cat videos on YouTube because I have nothing else to do. Yeah, crazy. But you know, all I'm doing is my job isn't, my responsibility isn't to tailor me, to clone me. Mm-hmm. My job is to make sure you're the best you that you can be. Right. And what do I need to do to get you there? Not 
that squad was probably the most success I've ever had because my responsibility, my job, and my goal was like, let's push you to whatever specialty you want to get to as fast as we can. Yeah, what, four and or five of us? All that, of you went to a specialty dang, unit. Man. Every yeah. one of you. And I remember that lieutenant. He's like, hey, man, you sure you want to send these guys to this training? Yeah, why not? Man, they're good. You want to lose them? No, I'm not losing them. I'm not, that's growth. That's, that's what I'm supposed to do. <laughs> it, eventually, they need to know how to do my job. I need concept. to know how to do lieutenant's job. That's how you grow. He couldn't grasp it. Well, and one of the books I know I've talked about on here before that um, when I first started teaching leaders mm. and supervisors is a book called Leadership Secrets of Attila the Hun. Now, the mission of Attila the Hun may not have been all that admirable, but his philosophy was we bring up more leaders, not more followers. Right. And that book has carried over. I've had people even message me on Facebook. They still remember that book from 25 years ago. Mm when I talked about it in a leadership class, that it really impacted them. And now you can get it in a free PDF, I think, <laughs> online. Now you don't even have to buy the book. It's even better. But it's um, it's well worth reading. And again, there's some parts, some things of it that probably are not going to be you or something you'd mm-hmm. want to. Mm-hmm. But just basic premise and philosophies there. Yeah, this is a good book, by the way. Which one is that? Tools of Titans Tools by of Tim Ferriss. Yes. Great book. Is there an audio book? I think there is. Okay. I think I'm there obsessed is. with audio. Yeah, you're, you're an auditory learner. Huh? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm more kinesthetic. I have to do it and I have to fail at it. <laughs> <laughs> so this has been a ton of fun. We've really yes. enjoyed having you on. Yes. Well, thank Sarge. you. Um, hope, hope you'll it, come back. Yeah. Yes, ma'am. We'll think of something else to we'll do. Yeah. about. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but anything you want to leave our guys with? Final Please. words of wisdom. Hey, everything's a good time and bad decisions, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And nothing's a mistake if you learn from it. And that's what life's all about. Absolutely. Let's have fun. Let's grow. And let's grow together. Sure. Right. That was beautiful, sir. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> Thank you again. We appreciate all of you Thank being you, here with us. Yeah. And come back next week where we're not 100%, sir, with COVID running around. Yeah. <laughs> Our guests may not be here next oh, Monday. That COVID's we'll a see. sneaky little sucker. Maybe, maybe. I know. But time I can tell you this much. To... It'll be episode 17. It will be episode 17. And that we will sure be of. here. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, thanks, guys. We appreciate you joining us. We love you. We'll see you next time. God bless, and thanks for your sacrifice. Have a good one, y'all.